The Father is interested in the direction of your life. He's interested in who you become. All right? And, and everything he does is to help you grow more and more into who he's called you to be. All right? And so I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go and set the stage here. I'm going to, I just want to talk about God. I want to magnify God. Can we do that? Okay? I want to magnify him. And, you know, when you magnify something, it doesn't make the thing bigger. It was already the size it was, right? But it, it makes it bigger in your eyes. So I want to make God bigger in your eyes right now to kind of set the stage, okay? But before I do, I want to pray. Father, we thank you for this church and these people. Lord, that you've gathered us together in your name, that you're here in the midst of us. Lord, I pray that your uh, word would just fall on us and hit our hearts and our minds and our eyes and ears like it's never done before. I pray for fresh revelation, Lord. Holy Spirit, start to do your work like only you can do. Thank you that your angels guard anything that would try to steal this word. Thank you for laying the ground and making it good soil. We love you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to to read some scripture first, okay? I want to go to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 18. And it says, The angel of the Lord came upon, uh, Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oparah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, I, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I'll wait. <clears throat> I want to magnify God here before I start digging into some of that. And I want to talk about his authority. God is the ruler of the universe. He sits on the throne. What he says goes. Nobody put him in power and nobody can take him out. Right? Nobody can impeach him. He can't be canceled. He can't be quieted. He won't shut up. He will talk. And when he talks, things get created. All right? He is almighty God, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. He can do anything. 
He's the keeper of the keys to life and death. He holds everything together by the power of his word. Everything, the universe, the way it functions, the systems, the way your system functions. Right? While you were sleeping last night, God kept your heart beating. Right? He kept your heart flowing. Right? He holds it all together. He is the creator of everything seen and everything you can't see. He existed before everything. Before there, was, uh, the, before there was an angel choir, before there was the earth, before there was anything that was created, God was there. God was there before anybody was there to acknowledge him as God. He is before all things. He's the creator of eternity. It means he sits outside of time. He doesn't get old. He's not in a hurry because he's got eternity. Time is the offspring of eternity. He created time for his will and his purposes, but he doesn't live in it. You follow me? He transcends time and he's not subject to it. Before the first day, before the first minute, before the watch, before the moon and the sun set, for the first day and the first night, he was there. Before anything was created, he was there. The uh, celestial created the terrestrial. The supernatural created the natural. Okay? You follow me? Is he big enough yet? Does he blow your mind yet? I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. David said like this, from everlasting to everlasting, you were there. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. The great I am. He just is. In eternity is a state of being. It's not a place or an address or a when. It's a, it's a state of eternity that he birthed time out of. And you have to understand eternal uh, eternity when he says like things like the lamb was slain from the foundations of the earth. Or like Peter says in 1 Peter 1.19, it says, It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. In other words, Jesus was crucified before Adam and Eve even came on this earth. God already had an answer to a problem that hadn't even been presented yet. God has the solution to your problem before the problem even popped up in your life. In eternity. So you should know that your blessing is already ready. He's not up there fixing it up. Right? I thought he made it up as he went along. That's why I prayed to make it go my way so he can do it my way. But the blessing's already there. And it's just a matter of receiving and walking into it. It already exists. 
So he's not preparing the blessing for you. He's preparing you for the blessing. You can hoot and holler. Otherwise, it's going to be boring. If you got to get up and dance, just dance. I don't care. I mean, I'll dance with you. Okay? I, it just makes me get out of my seat when I start to magnify him. And I encourage you to do that in your prayer time or when you're spending time with him or in the word. It will change you fundamentally. But there's some stuff he's equipping you to do. There's some blessing he's equipping you to walk in. That's why he talks a lot about armor. You better get ready. There's some growing to do. There's some understanding to get. But it's already there. Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. That's past tense. And every, I looked it up in the Greek, it means every. <laughs> to the exclusion of none. <laughs> every spiritual blessing, whatever you need, it's already in eternity. God can step into the natural and call things that are not as though they were because he lives in eternity where it's already done. That's why he can do that. It says Romans 4:17 says, "God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did." I ain't making this up. It's right here. And did you know that Jesus also existed in eternity with the Father? One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Jesus' prayer. In John chapter 17. I mean, it just blows me away. I read it over and over and over again, and it still just blows my mind. So I'm going to touch on a couple of things about Jesus being in eternity. John 17, 3 through 5, it says, Now this is eternal life. See that word? Eternal. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. John chapter 17, verse 20 starts, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. The same way that you and I are one, he's saying, Father, that they also be in us. You catch it? The same way Jesus is one with the Father, he's saying that they may also be one as Jesus and the Father are. Okay? That the world will believe that you have sent me, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Uh-oh. What? Don't rob God of his glory. I say, I didn't rob God of his glory. He gave it to me. <laughs> it's right there. He gave it to me. 
Uh, I have a funny thing I say, you know, give, give God the glory and give me the gold because he don't need the gold and I don't need the glory. <laughs> but it's too late. You already have it. Look, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and I have loved them even as you have loved me. I'll tell you this too, just as God lived, Jesus lived with God in eternity and God knew Jesus in eternity, I'm going to go out on a limb and say God knew you in eternity before you were ever born. Actually, it's not a limb. It's right here. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5, the word of God came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. We knew each other. Before you were born, I set you apart. There's purpose. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. There's identity. Before you ever entered your mama's womb, you lived in eternity with God. We'll just keep talking. You'll see it. <clears throat> Romans 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So you had a relationship with God in eternity before he sent you here into time. I know it's hard to understand, but you lived with him, and he knew all about you. He knew exactly who you were, and you knew exactly who he was. That's why when he called you, you recognized his voice. When he called me, I recognized who was calling me. In a, in a flash, in a moment of time, I heard it. He said, my sheep recognize my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Well, how can you hear his voice if you're a stranger, if you think he's a stranger? But you heard it, and you turned, and you followed. There's more on this. I'm going to go deeper. Hold on a second. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. It says, God has done all this. He has restored our relationship with him through Christ and has given us this ministry of restoring relationships. In other words, God was using Christ to restore his relationship with humanity. He didn't hold people's faults against them, and he has given us this message of restored relationships to tell others. Therefore, we are Christ's representatives, and through us, God is calling you. We beg you on behalf of Christ to become reunited with God. This, this word restored, reunited, 
has built in the definition that something was before it wasn't. Why would he say he would have to restore something if it didn't already exist? It doesn't make any sense. So the word restore means to return someone or something to a former condition, place, or position. And reunited means to come together or cause to come together again after a period of separation or disunity. So he's restoring us back to the relationship we had in eternity because what? What did Jesus say? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You got lost. You don't remember the relationship you had because of the curse, because of sin, because you were lost. And God had to reconcile what was lost and reunite that which was lost and bring back, return that which has strayed away from where you belong. And that's an eternity with God. What did Jesus say? What's eternal life? What does eternal life mean? What is the definition of eternal life? To know God. That's eternal life. You knew God in eternity. You got lost. And he returned you back to eternity, right relationship with God. You forgot who you were. And you forgot how to get back until, thank God, he called you. Now, when I turn 40, it seems like I cry a lot more. I don't know what is going on. Anybody else? Did you start crying when you got older? Lauren? 30? Danny? That's early, bro. Then I was starting to think, well, eye doctors say your, your eyesight starts to go down at 40. And I'm thinking, well, maybe because all the crying? I don't know. And I'm like, I rebuked that junk. I ain't getting no glasses. I don't care what you say. Get behind me, doctor. But you lived the life you lived because you didn't remember who you were, you, who you were, <laughs> who you is, who you is and who you was is what it is. Right? You got mixed up in the wrong crowd because you didn't remember who you were. You fell short. You sinned. You got into some things. And met with some people, did some things that you shouldn't have done because you didn't know who you were until he called you and you heard it and you start to remember. And he started to show you and teach you who you are and who you're meant to be. Can you make me a copy of this sermon on the CD? <laughs> Podcast? Ah, whatever, okay, fine. 
But the devil beat you because you didn't know who you were. Say this, you got sick because you didn't know who you were. Oh, come on. That's really hard to hear. I know that. I know that's hard to hear. It ain't a game. Healing is who you are. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. He has blessed you with every spiritual gift. So what's the problem? You're still trying to figure out who you are. And I'll say that every problem you experience in your life is a result of you don't know who you are. Because if you knew, everything would tremble before you. You told the devil, I changed my mind, devil. <laughs> I'm changing my mind. That's what the word repent means. It means to change your mind. What does Paul say? Be transformed by the what? Oh, wait a minute. I see. There's a path here to get back to where I belong. It's got to take some work. And you may not have ever heard this before. Um, but before I say it, I want you to know that the Bible says that Jesus was fully man and fully God. Okay? And so I like to talk about the man side because I can really identify with that. <laughs> right? And Jesus, as a man, he was born as a baby. He had to learn his ABCs. He had to learn how to walk. He didn't know who he was. His mom and dad had to tell him, listen, son, I got pregnant, and well, you came out, uh, this is a miracle. He's like, whoa, really? <laughs> this is what the scriptures say about who you are. This is me? This is who I am? And God's ministered to him, and he's learning. The Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. He didn't already have it. He had to grow into wisdom and stature because he was fully man. A man empowered by the Holy Spirit. Fully God. And so Jesus had to grow up into saying, who am I? Why am I here? And who is God? And Jesus overcame because he knew who he was. And he did the things that he did and said the things that he said because he knew who he was. He was sure it was an identity game. And I'll tell you why it's an identity game. Because Jesus, when he was getting baptized by John, God said in an audible voice, everybody heard that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's an identity statement. And what happens next? The very next thing that happens is Jesus goes into the wilderness, and what does the devil say to him? Anybody know? Besides Rich? Rich the only one? Y'all going to get saved right now, Lord. I pray for these people. Lead them to the Bible. You say, if you are the Son of God, if you really are, Natalie, the daughter of Joe Barlow, if you really are, if you are the Son of God, 
Why don't you prove it? What did the devil attack? He attacked his identity. He attacked who he was. And what did Jesus say? It's written right here, brother. It's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He, what did he refer to? The Scriptures to say who he was. He referred to the Scriptures. How do you, how do you know who you are? You have to go, it is written. It's right here. This is, this is what it says, who I am. I'm a child of the living God. I am a, a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. You had to figure it out. And the way you figure it out is you refer to who he says you are and understand who God is. Because if you understand who God is, and you can see Jesus saying, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Jesus knew the Father, and so he could be like the Father, because he knows what the Father is like. And likewise, you can say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm not stealing his glory. He gave it to me. But you're too afraid to take God's glory and even think for a second that you would deserve such love. That God would allow you to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You're scared. Oh, my God. That's a little much. <laughs> you know? What, what are you like, God? Are you God? No, but I'm a lot like him. The, the most joy the thing that drives me is I want to be like God. I don't want to be him. I'm not, I, no one can dethrone him anyways. It'd be foolish to think that I could take his throne. It'd be stupid. But I want to be like him. And I have no shame in saying that I want to do everything he wants to do. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, you can do everything that I can do. And you will do, and you will do greater things. And he also said in John that, they, that God, that they would know how much you love me and that you love them as much as you love me. Come on. Go back and read it. <laughs> That's what he said. You're saying I'm on the same level and plane as Jesus? I would say yes, absolutely. And if you think I'm living a dream, don't wake me up. Pastor would say. Right? I'm okay with where I'm at. And you know what? It empowers me. And I know who I am. I'm still learning some things. Right? But just like Jesus, I am the image of the invisible God. You have to be. Who else is going to do it? He said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. If you don't go, who's going to go? If who's going to shine, who's going to shine? Who's going to be me? Right? I've given them the same glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. 
That's why when God approached Gideon, that's right, you can take it, we'll wait. <laughs> Just like God said, I'll wait. I wanted to be a comedian. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> That's why when God approached Gideon, he could say, how you doing, mighty man of valor? And Gideon was confused. <laughs> how can that be? <laughs> I'm, I'm the, like the little guy, the littlest little guy. That's worse than the little guy. My tribe is the smallest. My family has the, the worst reputation. I, I, how, how can you say such things about me? Because God knew him in eternity. And you know what? Gideon made a bunch of excuses. He made a bunch of excuses about why he couldn't, who he is, what he is. Until he finally agreed with God. And then what happened? He freed Israel from the bondage of the Midianites. Because he finally realized who he was. I wonder how many people are making excuses and have been making excuses for whatever, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. Same old excuse. I don't, I'm not good enough. I, that doesn't really work. Where's the God that did all these things that they keep telling me about? Say, excuse me, God's not going to override your decisions. God's not going to override your thought processes that you choose to take. And if you want something, you better go get it because it's already sitting there. It's like the son walks into the house, say, Dad, I want a car. Keys are right there. Dad, I, I'm lonely. I need some friends. They're right there in that room. They're waiting for you. Dad, I need a new pair of shoes. Right there. Already got them. Yep. Knew you were going to need them. Dad, I'm really sad. I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I'm angry. Oh, got some joy, some peace, love, right over there, son. It's already there. It's a matter of taking it, acknowledging that the gift was already given. Are you going to change the way you think? Yeah. Are you going to say, devil, I changed my mind? Yeah. Say, devil, I changed my mind. You can do this just as Jesus did as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. He either is our complete example in every single respect or if he's different in one tiny area, he's no longer our example. If he's just slightly, if he slightly has an edge over me, and what he was able to accomplish, he's not my example. 
because I can't do what he does. How can I? He, had, he was fully God. I'm not fully God. I can't. So is Jesus your example or isn't he? Get off your rear end and be Christ. And don't be ashamed to take his glory because he said, you want, it's already there. It's already there. Don't grab it. Sure, you weren't the one that had to go to the Christ. Thank God. That's why you're more than a conqueror. Because you got everything Jesus got, and you didn't have to do anything for it. Quit wasting time thinking you can't receive that kind of glory. And call me. Let me know how it's going. Can I pray for you right now? If, if you think I'm right, I want you to stand up, and I want you to receive this prayer. It's okay if you don't. You still need more time. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Play something really anointed, Kenny. Make me seem really spiritual, please. I need help. Oh, Holy Spirit just came now. Thank you. He's finally here. Yes. Oh, man. It's lunchtime, too. What the heck? All right. Right now, this is your minute. This is the, the pivotal point in your life to change your mind. This is the decision you're going to make to seek to understand who you are. Be who God's called you to be. And understand who God is so that you can be the visible image of the invisible God. In everything you do. And have everything he has. Father, I pray right now that you would wash over every mind right now. You would wash over every mind. Clean it out. Clean out the garbage. Flush it out. Flush it out now. Strain it now. Purify it now. Sanctify it now. Right now, Lord. I just bless them right now. I bless their minds. I bless their hearts to go through the same purification and sanctification right now. Father, I pray for an extreme devotion to finding out who they are and who God is. A relentless, relentless journey to figuring that out. And I pray right now that they would walk in everything God's called them to walk in. Devil, get out. Get away. God doesn't just work on Sundays. Life-changing transformation right now. Nothing can take it away. Your grip is stronger than anything, and nothing can snatch us from your hands. Thank you that we remember who we are, who we were in eternity with you, Father. And we're back. We're back. We're back, Lord. We love him. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Roger, thank you for 
really making us feel good about our decision to let you go all those years ago. <laughs> and thanks for sticking around. Uh, so <laughs> a couple things. That's, that's excellent, Joe. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that stuck out to me there was he's not preparing your blessing for you. He's preparing you for your blessing. You got to remember who we are. And now something, too, is that if this is new to you, if you've never heard people talking like this, we got to understand if you want to talk about identity, we have to understand who we are as a church, too. Let's think about our church identity for a second. A lot of churches have this comfy theology of saying, oh, your entire Christian purpose on this earth is to pray and read your Bible and behave. And that's about it. That's as high as that bar is raised. And at this church, we don't want anything less than the fullness of what God promised us as his children, who he's called us to be. That means that that's a high bar. (laughs) Imitators of Christ, that's a high bar. Be perfect, that's a high bar. That's instruction in scripture, be perfect. Okay, well, simple, but not easy. We're going for it though. Because we know that if we, if we aim low, then you know, shoot for a moon, land on a star, we are aiming for the highest good that God has for us. And if we fall a little bit short of that, okay, but at least we're a lot closer than if we kept a nice comfortable low bar where I don't expect much from myself and I don't get much from myself. If this is challenging to you, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be difficult, right? It's supposed to be a challenge. If it's easy, it's probably not worth doing. So I just encourage all of you, this is new to you, press into this. Before you walk away from this and say, this is garbage, that's not Jesus, look at those scriptures, wrestle with them. The name Israel, Israelites, the people who we are, God's chosen people, the name Israel means those who wrestle with God. That's the name of the meeting. So if you have a problem with this scripture, wrestle with it. Don't ignore it, don't write it off, wrestle with it. Before you discount it, your destiny, your identity might be hidden right there in that passage. Wrestle it out of there. Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as He guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc giving. Or you can text GIVE to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.